Welcome into an edition of the Austin Owls podcast, emergency podcast style. I'm Matt Pram, Eric Scopel with me as always. And on today's show, we've got a verbal commitment to break down for the Oregon football program. But first, we want to remind you guys, now is a perfect time to subscribe to DuckTerritory.com for a VIP membership, $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter that. Six dollars and or excuse me, if you want to go to the annual route, it's seventy-five dollars and eighteen cents uh one-time fee there. Inside scoop on the Oregon Ducks, expert analysis and opinion. Read all the content across the entire 24-7 sports network. All right, Eric. Uh the Ducks have landed their 22nd verbal commitment of the class of 2021. This time it comes from three-star athlete. Jeffrey Bossa from Kearns High School in Salt Lake City, Utah. 24-7 Sports ranks him as the 44th best player at his position. He is the 7th best player in the state of Utah for the class of 2021. The 24-7 Sports composites are a little bit different. They rank him as the 847th best player overall, the 64th best safety, and then they agree with our own rankings as the seventh best prospect in the state of Utah. Now, Oregon landed this commitment over offers from Oklahoma State, Utah, Arizona. Arizona State also offered. uh, Baylor was a school that had offered. Oregon State had offered. uh, Washington State had offered him a scholarship. UNLV, Syracuse, Kansas, Hawaii. You go through the list, and Boss is one of those guys where He's got a good good handle on having multiple options of Power 5 schools that are considerably year-in and year-out winning programs. He's got some up-and-coming programs, some teams, uh, some group of five solid programs as well. I think overall the best way to, to describe this commitment from Jeffrey Bossa is you're getting a guy that multiple Power 5 schools in your own conference wanted, and he's got high potential, high ceiling, and this is a, a guy that in two or three years could be a big-time player for the Oregon Ducks. He just needs maybe a little bit of time for development. Yeah, this is a high upside addition in my mind. Um, 6 3 200 is great size for – this is an athlete. He's a defensive back. List, I mean, well, they list him as an athlete, but they've ranked him as a safety. Um, 247 has. So, so it gives you an idea where he fits. And 6 3 200 is great size for that position, and honestly – probably the closest safety organs had recently. He was about that high as like a Tyree Robinson um, a couple of years ago. Typically the guys are a little bit shorter. So, you know, great size and reach. I think you don't have to jump too much into the film review or maybe I should. Um, but, you know, just he, he makes a ton of plays on, on his tape. He look kind of just like a gamer. And you're, I think it's impressive. He's not a super dynamic speed guy. I don't know what he runs in the 40. Um, they've got his shuttle listed at 4.5 on, on 247 from the opening regionals about a year ago. Don't have a 40-time, 35-inch vertical, though. Um, that's pretty impressive. So I, I just look at him and think he might not be the fastest, most explosive, like, burner guy, but he gets it done. And uh, a ton of special teams plays, whether it's blowing up returns or taking returns to the house for touchdowns or um, on defense making interceptions and taking those to the house. I think he's, a, he's a, just a dynamic guy with the ball in his hands, um, and I'd be curious to see kind of where he fits at Oregon. I mean, could this be somebody who, you know, that nickel position, could this be a good fit there? Um, it might be with just kind of the way he operates on the field. Um, 
I think an interesting addition. I think one, it's pretty telling that Oregon took them given the number of scholarships they had left. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't have to take again. He's Oregon, I believe second lowest rated recruit based upon the composite rankings. Oregon's in a position here where they didn't need to take Jeffrey Bassa. I mean, they could have easily just kept, you know, kept, kept the scholarship for next year or tried to find quote unquote, a more highly rated guy. I think the fact that they use it, you know, that they honored that scholarship and that they're taking Bassa just tells you how high, they are on his ceiling and what he can become at Oregon. And um, I'm going to be very curious to see what that looks like and how that development uh, comes together. Um, but this is, this is it now at DB, right, for Oregon, because this is the fifth commitment, at least based upon what I'm seeing, um, for the Ducks with a couple of safeties and a couple of – well, three corners, and now this is the second safety. Damon David, a four-star from Maryland, already committed earlier. And then um, the, three sa- the three cornerback commitments, Jalen Davies, and Darren Barkins are both prep corners out of California. And then Jadarius Perkins, a junior college cornerback out of Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you look at this position, this DB room, and you're basically done. Um, Sierra Wright is still out there. And I think that's one guy that if he calls and says, hey, I want to come to Oregon. I've decided it's going to be Oregon. I'd like to come and play. Um, you take that verbal commitment just because he's, he's such a good player. I think you could use the addition of another cornerback in this room. Um, but outside of that, there really isn't any other guy out there that's seriously looking at Oregon that we know about today. Um, and maybe a guy backs off a verbal commitment and opens things up and gives a verbal commitment to the ducks at a future date. But we don't, you can't count on that. Um, I would be surprised if they, you know, continue to recruit a couple guys that are out there just in the event that, hey, maybe some guy backs off his verbal commitment or maybe some guy, uh, a, a current commit to Oregon backs off his commitment list um, or maybe some five-star or high four-star caliber guy decides to back off a verbal commitment to a different school and open things up and looks hard at Oregon. But it's basically, in my eyes, Sierra Wright, uh, and or bust you, you take him if he if he wants to come but there really isn't anybody else out there that as of today has uh, I, I think uh, a high chance a high probability of landing with the ducks which one thing i wanted to acknowledge at with these defensive backs is that it just seems like a trend here with the height of these guys yeah. um, all the corners are six one or above now all the safeties are six one or above pretty clear that they wanted to get some height. And it's not that this is a defensive group that's undersized, but like a Verone McKinley is under six feet. I think um, the Amador is listed either at six feet or five eleven. Pretty clear that there was a trend here that they wanted to get some taller, rangier guys in the back part of that defense. And clearly that's something Andy Avalos, Keith Hayward, um, you know, and these defensive back coaches were, were intrigued with. So I thought that was an interesting trend. If you just look at this and Sierra Wright, I believe also listed at six one. So this is, it seems like, Oregon's targets in this cycle seem to be a little bit on the, the taller side, and, and Bassa is now the, the tallest at six foot three. Bassa does have, I think, maybe. I mean, when you watch his film, Eric, I, I you can answer this question more because of you've done the film review and what what you've seen. But I see a guy that's going to come into the program as a safety at six three two hundred, but could potentially maybe grow and develop himself into maybe a linebacker at the next level as well. I, I think that's what makes him so valuable and, and, and why Oregon continued to recruit him with, with such limited numbers available for this class was, yeah, he's a lower rated guy, no doubt about it, but 
his potential is sky high and he has position versatility, meaning he could end up playing multiple spots within Oregon's defense down, down the line. Yeah, I don't know if I saw linebacker on tape specifically, but you're right in terms of the size. Um, and he's still fairly lean. He, and he's well put together, certainly, at 200 pounds. And I'd actually be curious to see, based upon some of the images and the tape you see recently, kind of what he actually weighs when he steps on a scale. But, like, I don't think it's crazy to think he could be 6'3", 220, and be either a really big defensive back or a smaller size outside linebacker. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly if the fit is at linebacker or not based upon what we see him do. I don't think he's based upon the limited defensive back stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff we see him on tape, by the way, is at receiver and just returning kicks. Um, I don't know if he's like an awesome coverage guy, which might be why he's better fit for, you know, uh, the field safety position or an outside linebacker position where you aren't doing quite as much of that sort of thing. So um, maybe he does. Maybe he does have that body to certainly add the weight. I'll be very curious to see if that's a route they go with him based upon kind of his athletic traits. Um, certainly again, I got a guy who I look at and we talked about this last week with Chandler Lawson on the basketball side where it's his best, you know, for Chandler, his best basketball is clearly going to be his like junior senior year at Oregon, you know, you know, and I think you look at Boston, I feel the same way. His best football at Oregon is not going to be in 2021 when he's a true freshman. It's probably going to be closer to 2023 or 2024 when he's got a couple of years in the program to develop. We could be totally off on this and he could be a, a, a star player right away. Sometimes that happens. You know, some of these times these, even these guys that aren't as highly regarded just come in and they are immediately impactful. And that could be what boss is. But I think whether it's linebacker safety or wherever he's at, I'm not expecting he's going to be like an immediate day one steps on campus and is on the two deep guy. Now looking at the, at the long-term Oregon has 22 verbal commitments now in this recruiting class. Uh, their class ranking is still third in the country. Um, they currently are 277.79 points in the 2021 class. And that's essentially <laughs> – they're, they're literally .2 tenths away, less than that, of claiming the best class in school history. The 2018 version finished with 277.98. Um, that's the best class in school history. Oregon, or excuse me, 2019, sorry. Yeah, 2019. 2019. Um, basically, they're going to add, I think, at least one more player to this class. And barring some unforeseen massive drops within the class, they will land the best class in school history with that next verbal commitment. So no real changes here from a, from a team ranking perspective. They're still third in the country. They're still first in the Pac-12. And so instead of debating, you know, discussing the changes there, let's pose this question to end the show. Um, is it safe to assume that Oregon should finish with the best class in, Pac-12, in the Pac-12, or could they be caught, you think, by a USC or, or another school in the Pac-12? Is it a fair expectation to have the best class in the Pac-12 this year? We should know USC is kind of starting to gain on Oregon a little bit here. I mean, it's not super close, but they're 10 points off. And, uh, you know, you look at a guy like Bossa, that moved the needle very little, like a little one and 1.1 points, I think, something along those lines. But if USC does, you know, add some of these, they've got 15 four-stars in this class. Let's say they, and they've got 22 total verbal commitments. Let's say they add three or four more and Oregon just adds one more guy and it doesn't move it too much. It could be kind of close. I don't think they're going to get caught. I think eventually there's probably going to be some decommitments and some movement anyway. 
Um, I, I think it's going to be closer, though, than in previous years for sure. I mean, Oregon has kind of run the conference from a recruiting perspective the last few cycles here. Haven't really had a, a significant contender other than I think Washington was kind of up there. Obviously, last year at USC, I think, finished like eighth or ninth in the Pac-12. So, um I think they're going to still be the. I think they're going to be the top class in the conference. But I think USC's. It could be a thing where like Oregon is sixth nationally when this is all said and done, and USC is seventh and only like two to four points behind them. That's kind of how I'm projecting and thinking this is going to play out, especially with a guy like Sierra Wright, who's probably a USC lean still out there, along with some other guys that I know. You look at the crystal ball that USC seems to be um, in good shape with right now. You look across the Pac-12, and it's it's pretty clear. It's Oregon and USC and then everybody else. Um, the, the Ducks have one five-star. There's only one other five-star currently committed in the class. That's uh, a legacy commit for the Washington Huskies. Uh, there are the, – the Ducks have 14 four-star verbal commitments. USC has 15 verbal commitments at the four-star level. The next three schools in the rankings, Arizona State is third, Cal is fourth, Washington is fifth. They have a combined 13 four-star recruits among them. Um, 14, 16, there's only 16 other four-star recruits committed to other schools in the Pac-12 outside of Oregon and USC. So we're, we're seeing the Ducks and the Trojans pull away from everybody else. Um, Oregon and USC are the only two schools who have a per-recruit average above 90 uh, everybody else is in the 80s right now. It, it, it's, it's, I think it's Oregon versus USC. And, and you're right, USC's caught up a little bit. And if they do add a five-star in the mix, you know, maybe that could put them over the top for, for Oregon. But uh, the Ducks are also recruiting a couple of five-stars themselves. Uh, they've got some bigger names still on the board from other position groups that are top, you know, top 200, top 100 level caliber prospects. So I think Oregon still has some room to go up um, and it's going to be fun to see play out. And we're, we're seeing high school football start across the country and continue to be played. Uh, guys will film will come out and reevaluations will happen there. I'm going to side with Oregon signs, the best class in the PAC 12, along with their best class in its program history. Jeffrey Bossa will be part of that class uh, and will come into a program with an opportunity to try and develop his skill set and get himself ready to play right away as a true freshman in the 2021 football season. For more coverage on this verbal commitment, you can go to duckterritory.com. You can subscribe today for $1 for your first month, $9.95 there after that. And if you don't want to subscribe to duckterritory.com but still want to support the podcast, you can do it in two ways. One, Make sure to give us a review on whatever platform you listen to, whether that's iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, what have you. Give us a review there. And also make sure to click that subscribe button uh, on, your, on your podcast platform. It's free. You get notified every time we upload a podcast, which right now, because it's football season, is almost every day. Uh, and then you also can go back and read or listen to our extensive library of shows. We've got previous emergency podcasts where we do commitments, breakdowns, uh, for both football and for basketball, we, we've got practice report podcasts. We've got interview podcasts. Uh, we've got season recap, season preview. We're currently running through our, our position previews for the 2020 football season. So there's a ton of stuff for you to listen to uh, in our catalog of podcasts. So for Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Prem. You've been listening to the Autzen Audible's podcast. Talk to you there, folks.